Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. Hey, welcome to episode 32 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I'm joined by Terry Haas. She's a 56-year-old metabolic health coach and a recipe creator in Houston, Texas. Thank you so much for joining me today, Terry. Thank you so much for having me, Alyssa. I'm super excited to be here. Yay. (laughs) All right. Well, let's start off by you telling everyone how you first heard about carnivore, how you came to carnivore, what brought brought you to carnivore all those years ago. Okay, certainly. Um, I think honestly, if I am being truthful, I, and I, I'm going to say, I think all of us were born carnivores of what we know now, obviously, but um, I was one of those children that never liked vegetables ever. Um, I, I, I never liked them. I didn't really like much fruits either. Um, I have one of those sitting at the dinner table stories where I was not supposed to leave until I finished my plate. Um, and um The food I did not eat was sweet potatoes because sweet potatoes taste like poison to me. (laughs) They don't taste sweet. They don't taste delicious. Um, There's an aftertaste to them that tastes like something we shouldn't be eating to me. Um, So uh, that's, I think that's kind of where I kind of started balking the system, whatever. Um, I didn't eat much vegetables growing up. I was, you know, had my, my mom didn't make us eat vegetables. I grew up eating, um, kind of a typical like roast and, um, potatoes and that's that type of dinners and stuff. We didn't have casseroles. Um, I thought I had never really eaten pasta until I had gone to college. Um, but my mom, just the other day, I was telling her about that. And she goes, no, we, we had a lasagna every once in a while. And I said, that I honestly don't ever remember eating lasagna. And she shared a story of my, when my brother was little and how it fell apart once. And I go, oh, you know what? I actually remember that day because he pitched a big fit. So, um, and then just when I got older and was able to make my own food decisions, um, I was also one that balked the system by just saying, you know what? I don't like salad. I don't like chicken. Um, I'm going to go ahead and have this double bacon cheeseburger with no, no vegetables on it. And I'm going to enjoy my food and probably drop dead at 50 from a heart attack, but at least I'm going to be eating good, you know, because food is, food is important. And if you're not liking what you're eating, um, there's not a whole lot of choices, you know? So it was scary to um, eat off what um, everybody else was eating. And then um, 
I guess about 2015, 2016, um, I, I joined a migraine group and there it is a low carb, high fat um, protocol that you follow. And that was the only um, option uh, option of, way of ways of eating at that time. And then shortly after that, about a year or so, not quite, um, this person started a keto group. And during that first year is when I read um, Nina Teichholz's book, The Big Fat Surprise. And I was like, I have been vindicated. So then obviously I learned that carbs are non-essential, plant foods are non-essential. Um, and I was just like, bye, <laughs> bye plants. I'll see you in the ground, but you will not be in my belly. So, um, and it was shortly after that, <clears throat> pardon me, that she, Angela also found out about the carnivore diet. And I kind of started seeing inklings of that. So it's been about almost seven, eight years ago. And I thought, wow, this is actually a viable, healthy fountain of youth way of eating. Um, I'm diving all in. So um, gradually I did kind of drop most plant foods every once in a while. I'll still include some, a little bit of avocado, onion, or garlic, but I just feel like I know most of you all do my very best whenever I'm eating carnivore foods and beef, best of all lamb and beef kind of on top, but beef tops it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Beef is king. Yeah. You're right about that. King, queen, <laughs> joker, yeah. jester, the, the whole population, all of it. <laughs> Yes. The whole deck of cards. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I love calling it the fountain of youth just because, I mean, I feel better than I ever have at 56. And even though I've been doing this for what seems like a long time comparatively to most other carnivores out there, um, and seeing my health markers and, and, and my health improve and knowing that these things are simply getting better as I get older. It's just not what any of us have planned whatsoever. I mean, I was expecting to be, you know, crickety and getting out of bed and achy and all the things that the majority of my friends um, and people my age do see. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I'm always amazed when I meet someone doing this that is older and, and, when I say older, it's just that there's more years under the belt, but you, all of you are so youthful. You are so energetic. You are beautiful. And, and yeah, I, I think it is the fountain of youth. I hope so. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm going to stick to this and maintain my youth. Um, well, did you have any issues adapting? I know you said you kind of slowly got the vegetables out, but were you, was it, um, did you, did you have any adaptation issues? You know, uh, I, I did not. So along with sticking with, um, beef and high fat, um, foods, most of my life, I did do a short stint on low fat, um, in when I had my first baby and my second baby, and I was about 75 pounds overweight with uh, about a year into my second, um, after my second child was born. And, um, I joined Weight Watchers. And uh, <clears throat> of course, everything there was low fat. And I did lose about 20 pounds because what I did stop doing was stop eating the leftover garbage that I was feeding my kids at that time because kids cuisine was in and chicken nuggets mm -hmm. and French fries. So embarrassing to say that. But yes, I did feed my kids that and you don't want to waste. So you shove the fries and whatever's left over in. 
So what I learned in Weight Watchers is to like, that was my trigger. So go ahead and whenever that's done, load it with mustard, salt, pepper, garlic powder, whatever, because at that time, I was one that would have dug into the trash and eaten a leftover chicken nugget. You know, there are people like us out there. So um, embarrassing as it is, it's it's happened. And so I knew I had to make sure that didn't happen. And after about four or five months, I got stalled at my one pound or whatever. And uh, around that time, I was watching religiously the Oprah show. And she had a, uh, a show on with the title of the French paradox diet. And so I watched that and I learned then this was in 1992. I learned then that they eat full fat foods and they just need a few bites. And I thought, you know, I've lived my whole life eating full fat foods and here I'm eating stuff that is masquerading as food. It tastes disgusting. It looks disgusting. Let me just see if this French diet works again, you know, and within about three or four months, I dropped 40 pounds. I didn't do anything different, nothing different other than changing back to eating full fat foods the way I had been eating the majority of my life. And of course not, you know, shoving the leftovers in my mouth. And, um, that was it. And I thought, I, I'm sold. Y'all can have your fat-free stuff. Um, and I'll take all the fat and, and be happy and die at 50, but I'm going to, you know, have good foods. So, um, and then also another thing that I kind of adopted along the way, um, I naturally, I don't really call it fasting because fasting typically starts after 24 hours, but I natu naturally practiced what we called timed restricted eating, where I would not eat breakfast. I just wasn't hungry till later in the afternoon. So I honored that also with bits of, oh gosh, you have to stoke the fire. You need to eat every few hours to keep your metabolism going, buying all the fruits and veggies and making those smoothies in the morning and then throwing those fruit and vegetables away three days later. And just, you know, so I just went ahead and just naturally fasted. And when I finally did find this migraine group and moved to the keto group and whatnot, I wasn't in a healthy state of ketosis, but I was already in ketosis due to, to the TREing and eating higher fat foods and eating a more carnivore-ish ketogenic diet with the low-carb vegetables and low-carb fruits or whatever. I should say, I really didn't eat vegetables. I would eat more fruits that are commonly known as vegetables with seeds, you know, avocado, tomato, squashes, that sort of thing. And then, um, so I didn't really have any problems segueing over that because I think it was just kind of my lifestyle already. Now, I will say that I did and can have hypoglycemic events. <clears throat> I'm pretty lean. So I don't really, <clears throat> I'm sorry, <clears throat> fast quite a bit or, or often because I don't really have a lot of fat reserves to rely on. Um, so um, eating, usually eat within an eight to 10 hour window. I'm sorry, six to eight hour window each day. And, but I didn't have any problems um, segueing whatsoever. Um, I do have problems if I eat higher carbs in a day, like plant foods, if I do that, because I do segue between a ketogenic diet, a carnivore diet, a low carb, high fat. And then in summer, I will eat off plan because I like cherries and melons and uh, just a little bit every day sometimes. <laughs> so okay. no, no, no real problems. Okay. Awesome. Um, and so you were in a migraine, migraine group. So I'm assuming you had issues with migraines. Is that something you've been able to resolve um, on carnivore? 
you know what? It didn't take carnivore for my migraine to resolve. So migraine has its roots in glucose intolerance. We have a different anatomical brain with more neurotransmitters. So we require more electrolyte. The thing that was really the worst for me is salt was, um, you know, the enemy. So I never used salt, like literally never used salt. And I was a gym rat. You're supposed to stay hydrated. And that means a ton of water. So I was drinking far more water than my body needed and never using salt. So I read her first book, which was just her journey into her migraine or whatever, and saw the salt and the water thing. And so like the next day, I immediately drank my water that I needed for my weight and started adding salt. And I've never had a migraine since. Now that's not, not necessarily very common for that, for, um, for that to go away. But I think being somewhat metabolically healthy um, helped me. And then just, like I said, I, ever since finding this protocol and eating a little bit better for my health, everything has turned around. Like I have not had one single migraine since that day, June 23rd, 2015. I've also not had one single cluster headache since that day. I didn't even know I was having cluster headaches until about a year into that protocol. And I'd seen a video and I thought, I just thought the cluster headaches were the worst migraine headache ever in the whole wide world. And migraines are already the worst type of headache in the world um, or head pain, I should say. Um, so, uh, I saw this video of this person having a cluster headache and I was like, wow, that was me. And so, um, you don't necessarily have to move to a carnivore diet to resolve migraine, but it is the quickest way because it does settle down your insulin. I was able to uh, heal my migraine. Um, I reversed my gastritis on a carnivore diet, removing plant foods um, is definitely the way to go if you have gastritis since we don't have the ability or our stomach doesn't have the ability to digest the cellulose that plants are made from or of. Um, and I was also able to reverse my hypothyroidism um, with, a, it was reduced a little bit uh, following a ketogenic diet. I was on a low, low dose. It was more symptomatic than anything, but finally um, getting rid of the plant foods was really the kicker that I needed to, to finally put that into remission. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So what do you typically eat in a day now? Well, um, let's see. I just, I think uh, a, a stellar relationship between what I used to call my favorite steak meal and I might've just broken up. <laughs> it's been something that I've eaten for almost every day for four years. Um, at first, when I first started on a carnivore diet, what I've noticed, and I see this in the carnivore diet uh, community as well, you know, you just dive in and you're like, oh, wow, this meat, this cheese, this, this, this. And, and my carnivore diet um, starts, uh, starts, starts with all meats, all seafood, seaweed, eggs, mushrooms, and dairy, but I don't include fermented dairy in my diet, which would be kefir, yogurt, or quark. Um, so I was diving into all of that, you know, you're just like, oh, pork belly, bacon, all that stuff. And then pretty soon, pretty soon, I say, I can't remember the exact date, but was it within a, within a few months? Um, I remember I ate chicken and I ate a lot of chicken that day, that meal or whatever. And about an hour later, I was like, you know, 
it's not feeling so great. And I you can't really pinpoint what it is because you don't really know all the stuff. You know, now I understand why the chicken didn't make me feel good. It doesn't have such a great amino acid profile as beef does, you know? So um, that's one thing I'll encourage my clients and anybody starting a carnivore diet, go in and eat all the meats, you know, eat them all because at some point, they're going to go, mm, they're not going to fulfill you so much, you know? So my, my favorite steak meal, well, initially, so I was ribeyes, ribeyes, ribeyes. And then one day ribeyes just didn't satisfy. And I was like, wow, how can a ribeye not satisfy? Um, and all, all of a sudden I just had this, I guess, um, a hankering for a filet mignon. And I'm thinking, why would I want that? Cause it's so lean. You know, I know that you need fat and protein. Well, my favorite little steak meal evolved into you know, about an eight or nine ounce steak, about 200 grams ish or so. And then gobs. And when I say gobs of Gruyere cheese, I was eating about 150 grams of cheese with this little tiny, you know, 200 gram steak. And then about 150 grams of sauteed mushrooms. And then just however much milk I wanted, you know, to get all that down. It's about 1400 calories for my first breakfast meal of the day. Um, and yeah, the, the cheese on that thing was just amazing. I couldn't, I call it just basically my, uh, what you call it um, when you have melted cheese and you dip stuff in it. Fondue, fondue. There you go, fondue. It was a fondue dish. Oh, that sounds delicious. I'm it was, picturing it in my head and I'm like, oh, maybe that's what I'm going to have for my birthday dinner. That sounds great. Put it in a bowl too, because there's no way that stuff can go on a plate because I put the cheese in a in my toaster oven to melt while cooking my steak. So then I just pour it all on top and just blah, you know, yes. And um, every day I would be done with that meal and be like, oh gosh, I'm so, I, I'm never going to eat that again. And I would wake up the next morning and I'd go, I think I want it again today, you know? And it was almost virtually every, every single day. And so lately now, the last maybe two-ish months, um, I don't know how this idea got in my head, but somehow, a, and I've been calling it a tallow spa, bath on Instagram. Um, I got out my fry daddy and I filled it with tallow and I've been frying ground chuck burgers that I grind myself Ooh. and my ribeye steaks. And I can't get enough of them. Um, so I've been having that every day, one burger and one steak and sometimes putting cheese on it, but I'm not even like into the cheese anymore. I always do drink milk and I've also upped it one meal drinks milk and one meal I drink half and half <laughs> instead of okay. milk. Um, so a little bit more fat there. Um, and I've just been on this kick where I'm not even wanting the filet. So the other day I've got some mushrooms in there and like vegetables, they were going bad. And I thought I can't let these mushrooms go bad. So I went ahead and made my steak meal and it wasn't very good at all. And I'm like, Oh no. And I didn't really eat any of the cheese. Cause that's actually what made it taste not so good. And I thought, Oh man. So I'm on, I'm onto the deep fry. <laughs> tallow burgers and ribeyes right now. Um, and I kind of, I think most people kind of do this too on the carnivore diet. I think you kind of find meals that you like and then you stick to them. And the carnivore diet has made me extremely lazy as a cook. I can't just unwrap it and fry it. And I don't use an air fryer either. I probably should start using that because, and I don't grill. I don't really like the taste of grilled foods or, or smoked meats. Um, so that the frying, the deep frying, you plug it in three minutes, three minutes later, it's ready. You stick it in two minutes later, it's done. You unplug it, you let it cool down you stick it back. So, you know, in the pot five minutes and you get to eat. 
and there's no cleanup because once the oil or the tallow is heated, it doesn't splatter. So if it's splattering, you know your, your tallow isn't heated all the way. Um, and yesterday, like yesterday, I've started a, um, a YouTube channel to, my mission is to make this way of eating sustainable and easily adaptable. And I know that it's not always plausible or um, even appropriate for everyone to eat meat. And sometimes we get sick of eating meat. I get sick of eating meat. Um, it's a modern day problem based on our modern day diet. And so I don't think we should, you know, feel bad about that or point fingers or um, you know, make it be detrimental. Um, as I said earlier, I'm tiny. I really can't fast and telling someone to not eat if they're not in the mood for meat. I don't think that's a very valid um, point to have someone do. So my mission is these carnivore junk foods that I've created just to fill this gap. And yesterday, this gap or this need actually needed to be filled by me. So I have a video coming out today to that I'm going to post on, on YouTube to um, display this actual how I go about this. Yesterday, I didn't want meat. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I dug out pizza and I made a carnivore pizza with a little bit of tomato sauce. And all it had on it was cheese. And the crust is made from cheese, pork dust, and whey protein powder. So lots of great leucine, oh, cool. lots of great protein, but no meat in there. So this is just a way to show people that it doesn't always have to be about meat and you can enjoy great junk foods and still eat on plan. Yes. Oh yeah. I'm going to absolutely have to check that out. Um, you are like, when you said carnivore has made you lazy, I can totally relate. Um, before carnivore, I was making all of these elaborate recipes, especially when I was vegan or vegetarian, I was constantly making something crazy that had like yeah. 17 steps. And now I'm just like, if I can't just put it in a cast iron pan and walk away and come back, I don't want it. Um, but every once in a while, I do want something a little bit special. Um, I haven't gotten around to making a carnivore pizza yet. Um, but maybe like the most elaborate thing I make now is a carnivore quiche. And so that has, you know, the pork rinds as a crust and you mix the eggs and the cheese and put it all in there. Um, but I, I want to try a carnivore pizza just because I see them, but it's really interesting because I, before carnivore, I would eat pizza every single Friday. I wouldn't miss a Friday. I made homemade pizza and it was my favorite food. And I have not had pizza in at least two years and I don't really miss it. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a really, really a thing because everyone knew me like, oh, Alyssa loves pizza. <laughs> um, but I kind of, I kind of do want to get around to making a carnivore pizza one of these days. So I, I think I'm going to check that out, that, that video you're talking about for sure. Heck yeah. I mean, and there's, there's like there's so many different crusts out nowadays you can do, I don't know if you, do you eat any plant foods or are you hundred percent carnivore? So recently I have added in like some onion here and there, garlic, oregano. Um, like if I make my kids something, like I made them uh, like a pumpkin bread that had uh, coconut flour. And I tasted a bit of that. Um, Cause I'm not, I'm at a point now that I'm not terrified that I'll have a plant food and I'll go back to how I was before, you know, just mm -hmm. like that. Um, sure. 
So I, I am open to like low carbohydrate plant foods. So I've just got to explore, explore the different crust options. Yeah. I mean, I know when I first started, um, like I wanted pizza, but there weren't any, I did try the cauliflower crust and I'm just totally not a fan. And that was a lot, a lot of work, unless you bought the already pre-riced, you know, uh, pre shredded or whatever. Um, but I, even restaurants I go to pizza restaurants and stuff, they have crustless pizzas now. So it comes in a bowl, like, you know, they'll put their, yes. and it's always great. I always a little leery going to a pizza joint because I'm sure they put sugar in their sauce, but you know, and I bought a little pan to make crustless pizzas at home. And I've seen the pizzas with the, you know, the chicken or meat based, um, crusts. And mine is, I was always trying to get, um, something that was high protein and high fat. So that's the, the way protein crust, whatever that I've made is both of those. I think it's like 50, 50, or maybe 55, 40, 45 fat protein, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of work. I was not happy when, when, when that feeling comes over you, you're like, Oh man, I'm just not in the mood for meat right now. And you already know, like, that's going to be work in the kitchen. And you, I tried, I'm like, please, please meet, please. I want meat. And I looked and just, no, I just don't. <laughs> and then what's nice is I ate the pizza. And then, um, just a couple hours later, I was like, you know what? All right, good. I'm in the mood for a ribeye. Cause I did not want to cook another meal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So you do dairy, you do a little bit of plant foods every now and then what about organs? Is that something that you include? Um, I, and I also do spices. So I, um, and also, and I would also, if you like, if you were my client or whatever, wanting some information, um, on how to start a carnivore diet again, I would, I would say to include all the things that I include and then the, the, the spices or dried, you know, herbs, whatever for, for taste. Um, I'm one that would be like, start there and then remove things so that you could make it easy. Um, as far as organs, I am not an organ eater. Um, every so often, usually it's around this time of year, I can start to crave liver. Um, but this mm-hmm. year so far, I haven't craved any liver. Um, and if I do crave it, I'll make it real quick and um, make a big batch and make some liver pate. But I do put onions in there. So it's going to be blended with onions in there. So it's not true carnivore. But uh, nope, I don't I don't crave or include any, um, sorry, organs in my diet unless... I want them or unless I'm curious, I've got a big beef heart that I've had in my freezer for a couple of months and I just haven't pulled it out to eat it yet. Okay. But I've eaten tongue and heart and I've eaten pig head and snout and nose. The one thing I didn't eat was the eyes. I was a little squeamish about trying the eyes and I brought them home to try later. Don't advise doing that. Best to eat the eyes when they're warm so they yeah. have the right texture. So um, yeah, I would advise advise that. <laughs> Don't yeah. do like pig trotters wow. or feet or anything like that either. Um, I wish, I wish I'd been, you know, brought up on that. Um, I've never been given the opportunity to try them. I would try, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like you. I I don't have any liver on a regular basis, but if I do crave it, it's usually around when I'm about to go on my period and I'll have just a little bit and that, and that does it, uh, for a while, but eyeballs. Oh my goodness. I feel like I've, I'm willing to try anything. And I, 
have always told myself that, but then when you mentioned an eyeball, that was something I hadn't considered. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, um, the person that I was with, um, that was the first, I believe that was the first thing she ate. And like I said, I was a little squeamish. And the first thing I dug into was the snout. Cause I was like, I mean, and it okay. had the pig snout. I mean, it was, it was the snout. And I thought that was pretty daring for a first start. And, and then I dug in the best part was the cheek, but it was really tasty. If you ever okay. get pig head, really good. All right. The cheek. Okay. Note to self. Um, and then you mentioned you have a heart in your freezer and, um, that was something that I was eating, um, a lot of, uh, about six, six months into carnivore. Um, and I felt like the CoQ10 in that was really helping me out. And I expected it to be like, you know, that really organy taste, like that rest of the organs, but it's really more like a, like a really lean steak. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, and I actually, no, I have not. That's on my list though. That's I, I'd like to have it prepared by someone who knows what they're doing. Cause I'm, I'm afraid if I get it, I won't do it right. Or (laughs) maybe if I research a little bit more how to prepare it and make it okay, then I'll be a little bit more brave to try it at home. I've not ever tried it at home. I've seen it in the grocery store and um, I had, it was a hard pass. It's just something, you know, it's just this big tongue, you know, um, I've had it at restaurants. I go to a place that um, is a fondue place actually. And um, they serve it there and you can get, you know, hot water, boil in hot water or whatever and cook it that way. And I've done heart there as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, back in September, me and my husband were in Orlando for my mother-in-law's birthday and we found a Korean hot pot place. And so that's kind of like fondue. They give you the soup and you're putting stuff in there. And that was a lot of fun to try some things I would normally not try, but they had a full buffet of all these raw foods. I tried octopus Um, They were these itty bitty octopus or octopi. I'm not sure what the plural is, (laughs) but they were really tasty. I didn't think I was going to like them, but I kept going back to get these little octopus and put them in my soup. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great, great way to check out foods. Um, Those because Asian restaurants always have way different foods than American restaurants do. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're in a buffet too. How, Mm -hmm. what a delight. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I, they're supposed to be opening up a place like that here. I I'm in Georgia, so Atlanta isn't too far. They're supposed to be opening a place like that in Atlanta soon. I don't know when, but when they do, I'm going and I hope they have a wide array of funky little pieces of meat that I can try. No doubt. I'll have to look for that here. Cause I hadn't thought about that in a long, like at least a buffet I've never seen, but I'm in Houston. There's a lot of great restaurants here. Right. That's what I was going to say. Being in Houston, I'm sure they've got something. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, Okay. So what is your favorite food, your favorite carnivore food, or what's your favorite junk carnivore junk food you've been able to make? You've been able to concoct. <laughs> well, let's see. So my favorite carnivore junk, my favorite carnivore food period, full stop, is a ribeye cap steak. Um, and I have had the most intense, great delight to experience a 
Wagyu, I believe it was A12 or A5. I don't know. I think A12, I don't know, A5, whatever. Um, ribeye cap steak. A, a friend gave me a gift certificate to a place, a, a meat online company, an ordering company. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. And it happened to be on sale. And, um, and I, the gift card was like $100 and the steak was like $127. <laughs> so I said, well, $27 for a steak is about yeah. right. Um, so it was really, really I, I, I am going to get verklempt and start my mouth watering because it was beyond <laughs> amazing. <laughs> no, it's not the healthiest steak to eat because of the way they feed it, but it was a true delight. So the ribeye cap steak is my favorite. Um, and I, I should be very authentic and honest here with my, my junk foods that I make. I rarely eat them. <laughs> um, they are really more so this whole thing started almost three years ago when the pandemic kind of shut the whole world down. I'm single, I live alone, um, and no one was in my bubble, right? So um, I sat down one day and I was like, I'm in the mood for a sandwich, but I, I'll be damned if I'm going to have another chaffle. I don't like chaffles. Chaffles taste eggy to me, and um, I go on and off eggs. So um, I thought I'm going to come up with a bread recipe. I just know I'm going to come up with one, you know? So I went to the web and, you know, click, 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 kind of thing. And I probably, I may have been two days later, I found something that just, I still, I still right now get goosebumps over it. So there is a woman by the name of Gloria Cook, and she now goes by the name Soul's Song. And about, I don't know, four or five, six years ago, she and another woman, and I don't know her name, came up with this bread called soul bread. And it is the best bread I have ever tasted. Her recipe included olive oil and stevia, and those I don't include in my diet. Um, and I just thought, well, I mean, olive oil, you can switch out for butter, right? So let me just see here, and I'll just drop the stevia. I freaked out freaked out because this bread is whey protein based. So it's high protein and it's cream cheese based. So it's also high fat. So um, it came out and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I didn't know what I didn't know. I was never really a baker or I didn't make elaborate meals. I mean, I, I've been told I'm a good cook, but those are just, you know, a roast potatoes, salad and bread. I mean, you know, what is that? Right. So um, having this success so early, and again, not knowing what I didn't know, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I just got myself in the kitchen and started tinkering around and everything I made turned out great. <laughs> okay. And so that just propelled me. I'm like, okay, I've got beginner's mind, child's mind. I'm unstoppable. I'm unstoppable here. This is like unstoppable, you know, and one thing just led to the other and it's just been this fun thing. So, and all of this really started not with me looking for something necessarily for this bread replacement. The chaffle thing was something that I brought to the migraine group um, a couple of years ago. And I thought, you know what, this is a great way for the migrainers in this group to have alternative foods and to not feel so isolated from people when they go out and whatnot. I mean, us carnivores, we know that too. It can be isolating to eat this way. Um, so this just were, were, these were just recipes and ideas to help segue to the carnivore diet, make it more sustainable, and then also to make it more um, publicly acceptable, I guess. Um, so the bread 
Now there's all sorts of variations of that. You can use milk protein powder with that instead of whey protein powder. You can use ricotta cheese instead of cream cheese. That changes the texture. You can add almond extract to that and that actually gives you a sweet base to it. So I've come up with carnivore donuts and you can fill those with carnivore Bavarian cream. And all of these things are all added sweetener, grain, starch, nut, flour, and seed oil free. Um, they, they can be made for anybody on any way of eating and you can add sugar to that. So if I'm making them for, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, um, from, with my family, if I'm making them, um, I will add a little bit of sugar. So whereas like one recipe would call for a cup of sugar, I will make it with a half a cup of sugar and then, and see how they like it. And the next time I would have made it with like a third of cup of sugar and I will find their lowest amount of sugar that they like in it. Mine is, you know, added sweetener free. So, I mean, I've got a whey pacino that's like a frappuccino, which is whey protein powder cream and a little bit of vanilla. Um, there's terry taffy, which is um, heavy whipping cream mixed with whey protein powder and you can add some spices to it and you mix it all up and it makes a caramel consistency that's chewy. Um, I've come up with a caramel, um, a caramel, like caramel you can put over carnivore ice cream. That is this cheese called Brunost or Gatos cheese. It's a traditional uh, Norwegian cheese that has a dulce de leche, uh, a dulce de leche note to it. So if you mix that with a little bit of heavy whipping cream, it becomes pourable for over your ice cream. If you mix it with a little bit less uh, whipping whipping cream, you can freeze it. And I've come up with something I call Bruno Spites, which is similar to brown butter bites, but it's sweeter because it tastes like more caramel than the brown butter bites. So just all these little things that you can augment your meals with. So not everything has to be meat focused. Like for instance, have a cheeseburger, a bacon cheeseburger small with a vanilla whey pacino. So you basically have had a cheeseburger with a milkshake, a vanilla milkshake. So definitely not looking like a carnivore meal, but definitely is a carnivore meal. <laughs> wow. Wow. Terry, you are a genius. What? I, I about that. It's just, like I said, I mean, I just got really lucky and, um, and just things have just turned out finding a ton of recipes and looking at what are the main components of those recipes, removing the things that are not on a carnivore diet, and then just tinkering and adding in things that I know now with my own experimentation can help this. But I also don't know quite a bit, like I will implore anyone out there like to teach me more and all the qualities that you know about whey protein powder, casein protein powder, and milk protein powder, and even non-fat milk protein, uh, milk powder. Um, because it doesn't work like flour, but if we can find the ways for it to work like flour, that's the holy grail right there. And we'll never be missing anything on a carnivore diet for those that include dairy anyway in their diets. Mm -hmm. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've realized that dairy, it doesn't cause me any stomach upset, but if I have a lot of it, I can put on weight and I can get acne and a little bit more inflammation. So it's definitely something that as a treat for me. I'm, I'm not willing to say, well, I'm never going to have dairy. I just know, you know, if I have it and a lot of it, this is what, this is what will happen. But yeah. I mean, all of that sounds amazing. So are those recipes on your Instagram or will you be putting them in your YouTube? Well, let's, so all of my recipes and any food posts or anything that I write about food, 
are all public on my Facebook page. And I have a, an album on there called TTK, which is just Terry's test kitchen. So just kind of what I started with that. So you can have access to all of that. You're anyone's welcome to friend me if they'd like as well. Um, Not everything is on my Instagram at this time. I was hacked earlier this year, which was ended up being a good thing. So I just revamped okay. my Instagram now to be completely more geared towards my mission and whatnot. Um, I've just started my YouTube channel, so I just have a few of the videos up. That's kind of what my next forte is, is to get all of those made into videos so people can see how to follow along. Um, and then ultimately, I'd like to come up with just some PDF cookbooks where they're all contained and downloadable and just sell them for you know inexpensive so they can just be handy or whatever. Um, but yeah, just um, the biggest the biggest seller was the uh, the biggest idea was the bread. Um, Right before, I think it was right before Thanksgiving, a few days before Thanksgiving, I debuted a carnivore pie crust recipe that doesn't use pork rinds. I know a lot of things rely on pork rinds and I'm not, I I don't have a lot of cooking experience um, or recipe experience with that. Mine has mostly been with the dairy side of things with whey. Um, The migraine group that, um, that I'm in dairy is a big part of their carnivore of our carnivore diet um we seem to do really well on dairy um so um i i didn't discover this but i think i used that word in one of my videos so let me clear that up here i discovered this on the web <laughs> and have incorporated it in my things but it is the one of this is my second favorite thing. They're called brown butter milk solids. And so, you know, when you brown butter, that that brown stuff that goes at the bottom, um, those are called milk solids. And that's actually what gives the brown butter the flavor, the caramel flavor, the sweet flavor that um, everyone loves. So um, I found a way to increase those milk solids and then you pour off or drain off the remaining butter that's there, ghee, I guess that's there. And these milk solids kind of get dried up, almost like beef crackling. It's almost the same type of feeling and look. And then you can take these milk. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. My jaw is just starting to drop because I'm so amazed. (laughs) So you take these milk solids and um, like there's an Indian milk cake that they make specifically using these milk solids and you make it with a there's, I have the recipe on my Instagram for this. And it's just this milk solids bunched up into this cake that gets hard and it can be sweet even without the sugar. Um, but, but what I did was make, made this carnivore pie crusts with these milk solids and a little bit of butter and a little bit of, um, pumpkin pie spices. Cause I made a pumpkin cheesecake, um, and then just put the cheesecake on top and then baked it. I made a mistake. I put it in a springform pan and I didn't line it. <laughs> so the, crust didn't stick to the cheesecake. It stuck to the pan, but just line it or whatever. So that one there is, is amazing because there's the milk solids that you can just sprinkle on top of like vanilla creme fraiche. You can put them in uh, carnivore ice cream. I've actually put them in, in heavy whipping cream and eaten them like cereal before just to see. Um, I'm in the middle right now of perfecting a carnivore cookie using them, a carnivore cookie or and or a protein bar, because they're going to be made with whey protein, but can be made without the whey protein. Again, it's it's going to be dairy heavy, um, but something grab and go. But th- those two, the milk solids and the carnivore um, MSB is what I call it. So I guess I should go back to saying I have renamed 
the soul bread, modified soul bread to keep the integrity and um, make it my own a little bit. So I kind of did a big loop there. And if I have left out anything, please help me tie in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I saw the picture of the cheesecake, the pumpkin cheesecake. And I was like, what is that she has on the crust? Um, because I wanted to make a carnivore cheesecake, but I was like, that's going to be kind of gross if I have pork rinds and Parmesan cheese and then a cheesecake on top. But okay. So that's what it is. It's those milk solids yes. and made into like a thin cake. Yeah. So, I mean, really all it is, is when the milk solids, they get these crumbly little pieces and you can spoon them or whatever. And I just took, I put melt, melted butter that I mixed with some spices, poured it in and mixed it all together. And then just, it's a little kind of not runny, but it's, you know, not formed and then just put it in the bottom of the pan and then just put the cheesecake stuff on top and baked it. And it came out just fine. The, it, it really honestly tastes very similar to a graham cracker crust. And I even asked my sad, you know, friends that eat sad said, you know what? It tastes really good. It just needs sugar. And I'm like, thanks. That's mm. all I really need to know because if it tastes good, then I know that it tastes good, you know, kind of. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um, Okay. So that's, that's something I, cause I've been thinking about my birthday and cause I haven't had a birthday cake or anything. And I don't know, like two or three years, something like that. Anyways, I was thinking this year, I, maybe I'll make myself an oopsie cake or a cheesecake. Cause cheesecake sounds really good. That was one of my favorites, but no, I don't have to put sugar in it. Cause I, I like, I make carnivore ice cream and it doesn't have any sugar, but it's sweet to me. Uh, yes. the heavy cream. Um, but okay. That's what I want to make. Cause that sounds amazing. The carnivore cheesecake with Terry's carnivore crust, not savory it's, carnivore crust. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And you know, um, so another iteration of that, um, MSB, um, like I've made a peanut butter version for my mom. Um, I, I count this on my carnivore as a carnivore meal or dish or whatever, but I've made a lemon poppy seed MSB. And um, then I've cut it into slices and put like clotted cream, a slice, clotted cream, a slice. And then I've just reduced or heated raspberries on the stove and then put that on top. So, I mean, it looks like a bonafide real cake. You know I mean? Honestly, there's lots and lots. You can PM me and I'll, I'll give you all the links and any ideas. Okay. <laughs> you can have 10 cakes for your birthday this year. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And all of this, my mouth is like watering and <laughs> thinking about all, all this yummy carnivore food. Um, well, and you said that, so sometimes you have your friends who are on Stan American diet trying um, these treats. So your friends and family are pretty supportive of this way of eating then. Um. Um, let's see, tolerant, maybe would be the word. Yeah. They, you know, um, I have three children and my youngest, she also practices TRE and she's kind of moved to a little bit more meat heavy. My middle child kind of segues between keto and carnivore himself. And he also does OMAD one meal a day. And, and, um, even though I try to get him not to do that, he needs to eat a little bit more. Um, my mom and dad, my mom especially will be like, you know, you'd sleep if you want to sleep better, you should have carbs, <laughs> you know, so she, she, they're worried. And I think it's funny because my mom was 
the one that was like looking into supplements and alternative ways of eating and stuff back in the 80s. And, um, you know, I was taking 15 and 30 supplements a day for a long time, whatever. And I still remember the day that I came home um, and she had this bowl of uh, tomatoes and um, basil sitting out on the, con- maybe some olive oil in there too, sitting on the, on the counter. And I said, well, what's that? And she goes, that's dinner. And I, that's for dinner. And I said, that's for dinner. I said, is there going to be any meat with that? And she goes, oh yeah, there's going to be meat too. And I said, okay, good. So she served this and it's now, what is it called? When you put, serve that with pasta, I think that was the first, besides the lasagna, the first time I'd ever seen pasta. And I mean, I, I had some and I said, okay, yeah. So where's the real food? <laughs> you know, this is terrible, whatever. Um, not terrible, but it wasn't very filling. And um, so she was the one that, you know, kind of introduced us to this new way of eating. And now she's telling me that I should go back to this new way of eating and doesn't really trust it. And I just say, you know, even though I struggle still with some things, please let's just go ahead and see what all I have accomplished because it far outweighs the few struggles that I have, especially comparatively, again, to people my age and even younger. Um, and I just say, thanks for loving me, mom. Thanks for caring, but I'm not going to eat any plants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. So we talked about the the migraines um and it talked about you being so youthful are there any any um unexpected benefits you've gained from eating this way that you want to talk about you know a lot actually and things that you don't really realize but then you see other people have experienced them um the first thing i think i noticed was um besides all the mental clarity and, and, you know, that sort of physical, um, well-being, um, was my nails and my hair. My hair's always gone, gone, grown pretty quickly, but it's just leaps and bounds quicker. My nails are hard as rocks. And I used to get away with maybe having to trim, trim them once every couple of weeks. It's about every six days. I look down, I'm like, all right, let's time to file and take care of that. Um, I have had, um, any sort of like moles and stuff are starting to have been falling off my body. I think I might even had a few skin tags that have come off just recently. I had a very large flat mole that was starting to itch me. It's kind of in the bra area line there. And so um, I remember scratching it one day and, and it felt different. And so for a couple of days, then I just put some tallow on there. Like tallow is the magic of everything. Breast milk and tallow will heal almost everything external And um, so that helped and it really didn't um, itch anymore. Then like maybe a few days later, it started itching. And so I went to scratch it and the entire mole fell off in my hands. Yes. I actually took pictures of it. Yes. I took pictures of it. Like while it was kind of scratchy, I took kind of just to see like, what is this going to turn into cancer? What is this going to do? And now there's barely even a mark there, you know, from where it was. So yes. I was thinking of maybe sharing those pictures on Instagram, but nested in, so it wouldn't be the first picture, but I haven't quite decided if I want to do that because it's gross, but it's also fascinating and part of the process, you know, and you know, another huge thing that wasn't a big deal, but like my heels are no longer rough ever, you know, like when I go to get a pedicure or I do it myself, it doesn't snow anymore when they break my heels. (laughs) And I thought that everybody had that. And that was just a normal thing. And that is a a signal of insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Um, Okay. Well, I have one last question to ask you. 
What advice would you give to someone just starting out on carnivore or just thinking, maybe I'm going to try this? So I did my three tips. I did a reel on this specifically. So my three tips are to dive in and eat carnivore for 90 days because 90 days is about the time it can take for anybody that will struggle for the honeymoon period to start. You have a gut microbiome change. You're going to have some, you know, digestive issues, you know, in going in and coming out. Um, so stick with it for 90 days. The second one would be to enjoy all the meats <laughs> because at some point you won't enjoy all the meats and you might have a little bit of a sad over that. And I think the third one, what was my third one was, um, uh, I can't remember what the third one was. There was a third one and all of a sudden I can't remember what it was. Um, anyway, I don't remember. <laughs> it's not going to come to me. Okay. <laughs> I think that's great advice though. That That is the 90 days and to eat all the meats, like you were saying. Um, do you ever recommend that that anyone adds extra electrolytes or because I, I know that was a thing for you with the migraines that yeah adding more salt so is that something that you typically recommend to people you work with yes so um for people for clients that I um start on a carnivore diet the re recommendation is very similar as um with a keto diet you want to make sure you're taking um salt with every water and depending on if you're a migrainer or if you've got something like a dysautonomia, such as POTS or something that would require more salt than a non-migrainer or um, then uh, taking salt with every water, I actually take um, one quarter teaspoon of salt with every water and I drink nine waters a day, uh, waters a day. and that's due to my migraine and as I have a dysautonomia as well. I have got something called hyperhidrosis. And so this helps me keep hydrated better. Um, so just salt and water with uh, salt with every water. And that would be the only electrolyte um, that I would recommend. I'm not a proponent of any other um, electrolyte supplementation, such as potassium or um, anything except under a doctor's care. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. 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 Terry, it has been such a joy talking to you today and hearing about all of those amazing carnivore treats. Um, I don't feel like it's fair to call them junk food because it is <laughs> real food that, you know, they're just, they're just extra treats. Um, and before you go, will you tell everyone where they can find you, if they want to work with you, if they want to find your recipes and all that good stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, real quick, I, I agree with the junk food thing. I, I trying to come up with a better name for it. I think junk foods is kind of a good snag thing, but it's, but it all in all. Yeah. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. And if you have any ideas, I'm open to them all. <laughs> um, and you can find me on um, Facebook under my name, Terry Hawes. I am on YouTube under Carna Terry Hawes and I'm on Instagram as Carney Terry. So give a like, subscribe, follow, and I would love to have any sort of input. I love discussion and just teaching you all and educating with my version of carnivore diet and my treats. <laughs> Terry's treats. All right. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Thanks, Alyssa. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong, and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? 
connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.